around the Kairos anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Good afternoon, everybody. Well, this was a very disrupted podcast. So uh, it's 20 past two now on Monday. And uh, just been sort of trying to organise the podcast today and been severely disrupted just as I started to record because we've signed another player. So in comes Sam Dolby and out goes Jake Hyde. So we will uh, we'll we'll touch on that later on. Uh, give you some thoughts on that, um, but that's exciting. Well, who doesn't like a shiny new striker? I think everybody loves a shiny new striker, don't they? So uh, yeah, we'll we'll go on to that later on. But that little intro there, uh, for those of you that haven't heard it, little excerpt of a, a song called "Someday," which is written by uh, Adam Smith, who's a Wrexham fan from St Asaph, and performed by Neil Smith who is his uh, brother. So I've uh, paid my dues to buy the song. I've uh, been in touch with Neil and asked him if we can play it as an outro at the end. So uh, please do stick around till the end um, and I'll give you some details as well of where you can get it from uh, and where the money is going to because there's uh, money going to a to a special organisation. Um, from the sales of that mp3 so i'll give you those details later um but for now we've uh, oh i'm all excited because we've got a shiny new striker for now we'll <laughs> we'll crack on um with a little bit more of today's podcast and uh, up next we'll do uh, a new segment for the paul mullin super seven So as a few of you may know, on my way to South Wales about a week ago now, uh, just over a week ago, uh, I was bored in the car, so I decided to keep myself entertained and uh, with a little bit of interactivity with a few people on Twitter, and I uh, dreamt up something called the Paul Mullins Super 7. Don't ask me why I've called it the Paul Mullins Super 7. I think I just wanted to get his name in. Um gives me an excuse at some point to uh, perhaps play some audio perhaps of his goal against Stockport to make us all feel better uh, so I came up with uh, seven little sort of uh, questions around your fav- favourite sort of favourite player favourite kit favourite manager favourite game favourite goal favourite chant and favourite co-owner controversial this um, and the idea was that I would read a few of them out so I uh, just thought I'd take a couple of minutes, really, to uh, to to sort of share the the thoughts of a couple of people who were very very active on Twitter with me. So we'll uh, we'll start here with at Ryan Peters ten, whose uh, favourite player is Juan Ugarte. His favourite kit is the current third kit. I agree with him this season. I do think that's our best kit. His favourite manager was Dennis Smith. His favourite game with Wheelston away. Brackets, the stand collapsing. (laughs) 
Uh, his favourite goal was Mullin against Chesterfield. Doesn't say which one. I'm going to go for the. Uh, I'm going to go guess that it was the the chip, the first goal in the trophy uh, game at Wrexham. Um, his uh, favourite chant is Amar Oheed, uh, which he brackets as well, saying, forming part of my sixth tattoo in a few days' time. Um, so, uh, And as for his, fav- his favourite co-owner, he's included a gif of Rob McElhenney. <sighs> oh, I mean, I'm not really sure how you choose these things, but um, yeah, fair dues. Uh, okay, on to the next one. So, uh, at... One for the road, 22. Um, who said his favourite player was Ian Moyer. Rest in peace. His favourite kit was the 92-93 away kit. You might have to Google that one. Favourite manager was John Neal. His favourite game was from the year I was born. It was a 7-1 victory versus Rotherham. His favourite goal was Ken Tyler, Chesterfield own goal in 1977. I don't think we'll be finding that on YouTube, will we? Uh, his favourite chant at the moment is the uh, Aaron Hayden chant, which is a which is a bit of a cor- bit of a corker. I think I do like that. It did get a belt out uh, after his goal at the weekend, and his favourite co-owner was Ryan Reynolds. Oh, you can tell them. I'm not telling them. Um, okay, another one at Wrexham is D name. Good way of shortening the. So his favourite player. Um, now he put J Jones stroke Pearson, and I assumed he meant Joey Jones. To which, much to my shock, he said I wasn't old enough to remember Joey Jones, so it was actually James Jones. So um, yeah, James Jones and Sean Pearson. His favourite kit is uh, just says two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Um, his favourite manager is Phil Parkinson. So I guess he's uh, he must be a bit younger, so this is probably a bit more fresh in the memory. Well, my favourite game was a, a game at home versus Tranmere. His favourite goal was Mullin versus Stockport. That's come up again. His favourite chant, we've got Super Phil Parky. That's interesting because that took a bit of time to get going. We weren't really singing songs about Parkinson. And then this one appeared. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. His favourite co-owner, he says he loves both, but Rob just about edges it. No, I think that's that's really interesting. I think that's because uh, Rob does seem to be more of the driving force behind the pair, shall we say. But who knows? Um, okay, so on to another one. And this is from at CJ Davis. Claire. Amazing how these, some of these Twitter usernames, how creative we have to be. So favourite player, Gary Bennett. I think I put him as mine as well. I love Psycho. Favourite kit, 93-94 home shirt. Google it, kids. Favourite manager, Brian Flynn. Favourite game, Wrexham versus Dover, March 22. Don't remember that one. Did anything special happen? What a game. Favourite goal, Mullin versus Stockport in the trophy. I'm going to go for the first one of the chip. People that haven't always specified. The second one was a touch of class, but that first one was special, wasn't it? Uh, Favourite chant, Wrexham is the name. Favourite co-owner, Ryan Reynolds. I think Claire thinks he's handsome. Just a guess. And so, uh, another one here. Welsh Winnie 8. So, uh, favourite player, Jim Steele. Now, this is Jim Steele is back from when I first started sort of becoming interested in Rex and Big Jim Steele. Didn't he have a pub somewhere? Like down Southampton or somewhere like that in the end. Um, so, uh, favourite kit, the right 
white Wrexham Lager one with a granddad collar. Still got it. I love a granddad collar. I don't like a plain round collar at all. Favourite manager, Flynn and Saunders. Interesting. Dean Saunders getting it. I mean, we do get some awesome stories about Dean Saunders and his chaotic antics, don't we? But interesting that he gets a mention there. Uh, Favourite game, Halifax away, winning 2-1. I'm going to assume that that was last season. Now, I was at that game with my 12-year-old at the time. And when Mullin scored that goal in roughly about the 86th minute, I think, I have never seen limbs like that. There was bodies coming over the top of our heads. The aisle... There was people flying past at all sorts of angles. That was some proper limbs, that was. Um, Favourite goal, Mullin, Stockport, FA Trophy. Just class, he says. Again, I'm going to go for the that it's the chip. Uh, Favourite chant, Hayden's. So another shout for Aaron Hayden there. And uh, his favourite corner is Rob McElhenney. Oh, my life. How can we... How can, <laughs> poor old Ryan. He's being outnumbered here. So, I've uh, got another one here. At Parry Parry 49 who says, uh, heck, oh, he's put, he, these might not be in order. Favourite player, it must be Hector Sam, made me smile every time he played. Uh, Favourite kit, 79 to 81, red Adidas home shirt. First shirt that he'd got and he was 10 years old. Favourite manager was Dennis Smith. He was a bit of a legend, wasn't he? Favourite game versus West Ham, 80, question mark. I think first game I saw. Favourite goal, Mullin versus Stockport, FA Trophy. Mm. Favourite chant, Wrexham, Wrexham, Wrexham. That's very unimaginative. (laughs) Favourite owner, Rob McElhenney. Oh, gosh, poor old Ryan. Uh, And I'll do do a last one here. Last one comes from uh, at Padge2. Favourite player, Darren Ferguson, getting a mention. Uh, Favourite kit, Dennis the Menace anniversary home kit. The kit we got to Wembley in. That was a class kit. Favourite manager is Flinney. Favourite game, Kidderminster away 2013 playoffs. Favourite goal. Now, this is a, this is why I picked this one. Dom Vos against Gateshead. That mazy dribble. How can our people not more people not put in that. I think we've even put it on our Wrexham's YouTube channel as our best ever goal or in our history. It's described in such high grandeur. Uh, Favourite chant, fearless in devotion. Yeah, that's a classic. Owner. So favourite owner, can't choose that, he says with a wink emoji. So, uh, yeah, some some interesting thoughts there uh, on the... On the Paul Mullin Super 7, I said, really, it was just a fun little filler. It just kept me entertained on the three hours drive down to South Wales. But uh, it is interesting to get people's thoughts. I'd like to use that again when we get some guests on and see uh, see what their thoughts are. Um, so I'm recovered now. I've taken me time. We're... The excitement of signing Sam Dolby is uh, is curtailed. And uh, we're properly into podcast mode now, he says. Um, so we'll uh, we'll just uh, I'll have a little bit of a break and I'll have a little drink, and after that we'll talk about uh, Macclesfield, our first home preseason and only preseason friendly at home uh, of this season. I'll just give some thoughts on that after this. We were all back at the race course. It's 
seemed like such a long time. Having said that, on the walk up to the ground, suddenly the uh, real bitter, bitter feeling that I was feeling the last time we were there, the disappointment of Grimsby came flooding back. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, that was a, an interesting little walk up as we shook off those feelings, but it was lovely to be back at the, the race course. Um, and we played a Macclesfield side that never really posed us any problems. Now, to be fair to Macclesfield, you know, this is a part-time team, two or three leagues below where we are, um, who, yeah, thrown up one obscure result, I think, against York in pre-season. But, you know, you don't know where teams are fitness-wise, etc. earlier in pre-season, but Regardless, it's still a team that you've got to go out and you've got to beat them. And Wrexham did that comfortably. Macclesfield really didn't didn't make very many chances. I think the the best chance that they did make came from Mark Howard's poor kicking, um, which we might touch on. Um, but it's you know we we've won the game four 0 We've scored some goals. You know Palmer got the first. Uh, James Jones got the second uh, with a nice finish. Um, Aaron Hayden's got one. And uh, Tom O'Connor has not even had to jump to score his header. Uh, if you're lucky, gets about three inches off the ground, if that. Um, so, yeah, we were never really in any trouble. Um, we controlled the game. We were, we were just, you know, we were in second or third gear all game. We never never really got stretched. Um it was comfortable it was as comfortable as you can be in a pre season friendly. We have to remember Mac- Macclesfield just aren't what we perhaps sometimes you think, Oh, we've got a friendly against Macclesfield, that'll be a good game. That isn't the side anymore that uh, that you know, it's not that sort of close rival that uh, we, you might have thought of, you know. This is a, a Phoenix club that's uh, started again. There's a little documentary on the Beeb called Making Macclesfield. This view, uh, if you've got an hour and a half to spare, it's there on iPlayer. Um, tells you a little bit about the club and the millions that they've had to put in when they took it over because the club was left in such, you know, poor state. Um and there is a little bit of a little bit of a synergy there, I guess, with the fact that you know you've got a a rich owner who's sort of uh, come swooped in to sort of try and take the club onto better things. Um, both got big budgets now. You know, Robbie Savage was actually talking uh, bef- in an interview before the match about how oh, there's pressure on both the sort of uh, Macclesfield managers and on Wrexham's manager uh, and coaching staff because the expectation is that they must get promoted this season. So, um, yeah, there was some synergy there. So it is nice, you know, um, nice for them to get a bit of money, hopefully, from this game as well um, because that owner has does seem to have lumped in sort of four to five million. So, uh, you know, he'll be needing all the pennies he can. So, yeah, we didn't have to work very hard. So we shouldn't get too carried away. 4-0, nice scoreline, never got out of second or third gear. If we'd have play, put that exact performance in against a better team, well, you know, we'd have been in a scrap, we'd have been in a game. Um, there was uh, a, a couple of a couple of things that stood out for me um, that I just thought it'd be, be good to sort of talk about. You can give me your feedback on it. Um, just a couple of talking points. So how it's kicking... 
really really concerned me on on Saturday. Now, I'm one of these that gets to the ground quite early, and I I like to watch them warming up to see what's going on. Um, and uh, Howard's kicking with his left foot in the warm-up was what it was in the game. He clearly is not comfortable on that left foot. So hopefully this week they don't kick a ball to his hands and he's just literally is kicking footballs with his left foot all week in training. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he he really needs to work on that. It was actually a poor pass with... Is, I think it was with his right foot, actually, that gave Backlesfield a chance in the second half. Um, but uh, fortunately, he had good hands and did, did save. And as far as I can remember, that was pretty much the only sort of save he had to make. But he, we, we definitely need him to work on that because Lainton is comfortable. Dibble is not quite as comfortable, but is very, very good. Um, and I would say Howard is the worst with his feet off that one game that we've seen he didn't really have the ball at his feet uh in that much in that Nantwich game so um so you know it will be interesting those of you who are going to Carnarvon tonight you might get to see uh, see a bit more but um yeah so that was that was quite interesting um to see uh Clareth and Hay- Hayden were really solid at the back uh, Toza had a mad 5 or 10 minutes where he uh you know, just a cup now and again, a pass goes astray. He gives it, he'll play a blind pass. Um, opposition will pick up the ball and it does unsettle everybody when he does that. Um, so he, um, you know, just needs to be really careful around the edge of his box, doesn't he? Um, obviously, uh, Ford, Ford was worth a mention. Anthony Ford made his first start in what must have been, a, I'm sure he still sort of say in his interview with the club on the website, that it must have been a bit of a whirlwind for him, really. Um, it's one of those where I don't think he'd have even trained with us. Uh, and then he's playing in a match. He looked really comfortable, bombed on really well. Nice touch. Um, you know, a couple of crosses that were, uh, you know, didn't find their target. He doesn't understand where Palmer and Mullin are going to be at the moment. So I think, you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt of that. Given his pedigree, hopefully he is. And and the fact he was a midfielder, I think he's been sort of converted into a wing back. That um, he'll be able to deliver the the quality balls from wide that we need. He's, uh, you know, he's fast enough. He's not got electric pace, but he's fast enough. uh, And he worked really hard. So, um, yeah, you know, that was a really good debut from him. Um, Mullin and Palmer... Uh, lacked a bit of sharpness. Obviously, you know they've not played a lot of games pre-season, um, so uh, they, you know, they, they had some half chances. Palmer did well with his goal, um, but you know we we weren't creating lots and lots of opportunities for them really. Um, to be fair, and they'll just be glad of of the of the run out. But I guess the main talking point was the midfield. So we're uh, we started with O'Connor, Young, and James Jones. Um, Davis uh, didn't play his more advanced role um, still claimed that he's obviously uh, recovering from this injury um, so these rumours persist of a uh, of a transfer for Jordan Davis but um, the club obviously uh, 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 and he has not really said anything about it uh, he's had this I think it was a calf injury he says he's got so he didn't uh, so he didn't take any part in the game and now Parkinson sort of hinted that all the players that kind of didn't play and were on the bench and need a bit of practice will play in this game tomorrow at Carnarvon. So 
that might tell us a little bit more. Um, I think Jordan Davis did say he's close to coming back. Um, he's just got to be careful because he doesn't want to obviously overstretch a, a bit of a tweak and a niggle. Um, so, yeah, so in midfield, we played actually Luke Young of the deepest of the midfielders. O'Connor played uh, ahead of him with James Jones. Now, James Jones will give you seven or eight out of ten every game money he? he's the same all the time especially since he's come back since from uh, from his long covid uh, and he was the same he is the ultimate box to box his engine doesn't stop he he's he's not a tough tackler but he goes and nips the ball off people's feet um he gives and goes which he did on his goal and then he does get that odd goal um so he is the ultimate box to box player and it was a typical game from jones he did really well um now o'connor played slightly more forward which surprised me because, like, the time that we bought him, we were crying out for a sort of, a, you know, a rough, a rough and tumble midfielder. Um, and that's when we signed him. And I thought this was our holding midfielder. This was the guy who was going to give us a bit of bite and uh, grit in the middle of the park. And we didn't really see it um, when he joined. Uh, to be fair, he got injured quite quickly. And then when he came back, um, it turns out he was also still carrying an injury when he came back at the end of the season. So we've not really seen a fit Tom O'Connor yet. But, um, you know, in this game, he kind of played the same role as Jones, just on the opposite side. He he did play a box-to-box role, which was quite interesting. And that left Luke Young playing deeper. Now, that deep-lying playmaker, as as it's called, kind of suits Young. um, in sort of in some aspects, it suits Young. Should I say? I mean, you know, Luke Young is an excellent passer of the ball. He's comfortable receiving the ball in pressurized situations. Um, so that technical sort of side of it uh, sort of suits him, and he can sort of start play. He starts to dictate play with just simple passes. Uh, normally, we're looking for wing backs there. Um, there wasn't too many through balls from him because you can't really do that from from. Uh, so much from deeper position, um, but the thing that concerns me, um, and and to be fair, the uh, the gent that sits next to me in the stadium uh, and our season tickets, we both kind of had the same thoughts. Was that, you know, certainly against the good sides, when a Solly Hull comes here, for instance, and when we've got to go to Solly Hull and we've got to go to Chesterfield, we're just too, too easy to get through um, with those three midfielders. Um, so I really do hope that the club can look and, and bring in a, a more defensive midfielder because um, I'm not sure that that those three that three midfield players is good enough for us under pressure um, to stop teams. And I, I'm just thinking back to like I know we won away at Chesterfield last season, but. You know, that first half, we were battered. <laughs> I will never know how we went in nil-nil at half-time. Um, and that's, the, you know, that midfield was, was exposed. Um, and to be fair, Macclesfield got through it quite easy at some times. They just didn't have the quality to get shots off and create clear-cut chances. So, I know, that would be, uh, fingers crossed for me, that we can just add the cherry on the cake for this squad, I think really would be that defensive midfielder who can come in and really get their foot in, get hold of the ball, and then let other people play. Because to be fair to Luke Young, that's not his game. Uh, we've been asking him, I think, to play a little bit deeper than what he did normally. I think Parkinson asked him to do that last season, and he's done it diligently. Um, it took him a bit of time, if you remember, early on in the, the, 
the, the season he was getting a lot of stick. I remember that Marine game away, he, he was getting, a, you know, he did get a lot. Um, and that's because he was adapting his game, I think, um, because more naturally he wants to be on that front foot attacking, uh, trying to get goals. Um, so to be fair to him, it's not his game. Phil Parkinson's asking him to play this deeper role. As a, uh, um, so we're going to have to see now. Um, it concerns me. I would like a defensive midfielder in. Parkinson thinks otherwise at the moment. So uh, so we'll see it. We'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, I think that that you know those were the main sort of talking points from from that game. Uh, we were it was never in doubt. We were comfortable. Uh, we had the shiny new red kit on, which looks great from you know looks great from the stands. Um, we had a shiny new scoreboard, which sadly didn't have some of the old chants on it. So hopefully we'll get some update onto it next for the for the home game. Some more of the come on you reds and uh, you know some of those old. Uh, those old messages that the uh, the old scoreboard used to used to display um it was a nice day it was a lovely day out over 4000 people there which was a really good turnout for a friendly um i guess you know it's so hard to get tickets now at the race course so uh, that uh, you know that was a good opportunity for a few people to see uh, to see the reds play um and to be fair to a lot of the players they were really good afterwards they were signing autographs and taking selfies with uh, with fans so it you know it had a good nice relaxed atmosphere um, and it was a comfortable victory, uh, I, and I would expect that the the, the Carnarvon game won't be too dissimilar, um, judging by the sort of you know the quality of the young lads that we'll have out, and the mixture of sort of four or five first teamers who are gaining a bit of fitness. Um, I think you know again we should comfortably uh, beat them by two or three goals, and obviously it will be interesting to see does Davis play. Uh, is Dolby does Dolby play? Because obviously you know we've got now got Dolby in. Um, do we just give him a week's training, or will Phil Parkinson say no? Go on, go and have a run out. Get used to playing with a couple of these lads. Um, is he, if he's fit enough? Um, he was. Uh, he was actually at the ground as well on Saturday. So uh, social media was full of pictures of him in the Bamfords, I think it was, and in the director's box. So the cat was out the bag. I mean, I think people knew that we were close to signing him anyway. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the the cat was out the bag on Saturday. So Macclesfield was done. Lovely home game. I'd love to have another one or two home games like that. Uh, but you know something of a bit more quality uh, to test us a bit more ready for Eastley. Um, but pre-season has played out as it has. Feels like we've been scrambling really to to get sorted um, since that uh, that debacle in Alicante. But it is what it is now. It's done. So we can't we, you know we can't do anything about it. Um, hopefully the lads are, are, have got enough in the legs uh, that they can get through easily and then they'll really rapidly build up fitness once they start playing games so um yeah uh, hopefully uh, those of you that are going to Carnarvon tomorrow it's a half past seven kickoff at the uh, their ground is called the oval in Carnarvon i think it holds about three thousand people it says on the website um i don't think there's much covered uh if, if anything I, I think there's a few hundred seats um, but I'm not sure much else, much else of it, much more of it's covered. So, um, so uh, yeah, take, if the weather's going to be bad, take your take your brollies. So uh, yeah, what we'll do, uh, I'll I'll have another little uh, I'll have another little drink, rest the old voice, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll just discuss uh, the the sort of little bit of transfer activity that we've got going on.
Okay, let's have a bit of transfer chat then. Um, still the favourite part of everybody's pre-season, I'm sure. So, yeah, Sam Dolby, it's done. He's in the building, as Dean Keats used to say. Um, that sort of news, all the news really broke. Uh, it was very quiet, obviously, while we were in Spain. Came back and boom, it all kicked off a little bit. So there's three names currently still floating. Well, two now. Uh, but there were three names floating around that we were being linked with. So Sam Dolby, the striker from Southend, was one, 22-ish years old. Young lad, managed nine or ten goals for him last season in a struggling team. So, you know, that's... Uh, you know. Phil Parkinson obviously thinks a lot of him, given the fact that we've let Jake Hyde go uh, kind of the other way. You know, we've loaned them Jake Hyde so that they haven't got too many issues to to fix because they were all out already after a striker, I believe. Um, so, uh, so that sort of helped smooth the deal over, um, which is good. Um, now, Jake Hyde started really well. Uh, for his play with Mullin was really, really good, um, but. If season was curtailed by injury and his injury record unfortunately isn't great so hopefully Dolby will be a bit more used to us than um, than what Jake Hyde was sadly because um, I still think there's a there's a striker in there because he's an absolute bull of a guy as strong as an ox and uh, you know it looked a good blend with him and Mullin um, but he was never going to get in ahead of Ollie Palmer I don't think so um, so yeah, so Jake Hyde's gone south end on loan. Can't play against Wrexham, or there's an agreement. I think that he won't play against Wrexham. I know in the, the Premier League and in the top divisions, there there is a clause that says you can't play against your parent club. Not sure if that's the same, um, but there is. It does seem to be some sort of agreement that uh, that he that he won't play. So uh, obviously, good luck to Jake because uh, you know he, he's he's helped us out early on um, in Ryan and Rob's days, um, but hopefully. Dolby can come in and be more impactful. Um, so, uh, so that was one of the names that we were. Is it going to happen? Is it not? As I said before, it, the the cat got out of the bag on Saturday. Really, when they, when he was pictured in the Bamfords, um, and obviously in the uh, director's box. So, um, the other name that came to light last week was uh, uh, Mendy from uh, Boreham Wood, the left wing back. So. Um, yeah, that one came about. I think it was uh, Tim from Fearless who let slip that, that that there was some interest there, um, and then subsequently over the weekend, there's been a couple of things. So there was a bit a bit a bit of chat that Boreham Wood are playing at our ball. I want more cash. Well, you've got to expect that. I guess people know we've got money now, um, so uh, so we you know that's always going to happen. Um, and then on. Oh, I want to say it was Sunday night. Sunday night, I think, Mendy actually on his Twitter. There were some very cryptic tweets come out, which will be on the timeline. Though I think I retweeted them on the uh, uh, on my timeline. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, to be fair, it could have been about anything, but they were, they were very, very cryptic, very Cantonar-esque, uh, if you like. So uh, that does imply that, the, you know, there's no smoke without fire. So... Um, you know, it does imply that there is a little bit, uh, a little, a little bit there. There's something to this. I think. I, I don't think this is just vicious rumor. I think there's something to it. Um, add into that, that into into the mix of Parkinson's comments in the leader. I think uh, Rich Williams did a, a a piece with him, um, which he's put out today, which said he he hoped to have one, maybe two in before the Eastleigh game. So 
we know he's got one in. We know Dolby's in because that's official. It's on the website. There's pictures of him with his shirt on. And, um, I'm standing outside the changing rooms. Hopefully, it's the right changing rooms, given the fact that we've it would appear that we've changed changing rooms now. Uh, Phil Parkinson let that on at the uh, after the game. Um, so, uh, so that one's done. So this Mendy left wing back um, is is undoubtedly going to be the starting wing back. Uh, well, he will definitely push McFadden out um, because what he what he adds that McFadden doesn't have is pace and productivity. So he assi- he, he assists and he scores. And McFadden is a an able worker um, and done a tidy job, but he has. He has no end product, um, and I think that's what uh, Parkinson has recognised um, and has wanted to improve upon, um, and I think that's where Mendy will really come in and, uh, uh, and step up uh, that left side. So that'll be really interesting to see if we can if we can uh, negotiate with the Boreham Wood chairman um, to, uh, to get that one done. Um, and then the name that never goes away, the, the old, the famous Red Passion name, is that one of Tom Lowry. Now, the update really on that is that although he's not signed for anybody else, he doesn't seem to be on trial anywhere else. And the rumour was that he did do some training with us at some point um, in the last week or two. So whether he's still training with us now or whether it was just last week for a day or whatever, who knows. Um, but the rumours persist that we, we would like him. Um, that his agent is uh, playing hardball with everybody to try and get him the best deal. You know, there's all sorts of figures being banded around out there that his agent wants £6,000 a week for this lad who's a free agent and, you know, hasn't been offered that money, it would appear. Otherwise, I'm sure he would be signed up by somebody now. Um, Now, Lowry is another attacking midfielder. So, you know... We're going to be overloaded with attacking midfielders um, and we're going to have to be careful um, that we're not caught short uh, and not have people to you know, play that defensive role in our midfield. So, yeah, that, those are the three names as we sort of sit here today that have been lingering around. Um, obviously, one's in. One feels like it's pending. Um, that Mendy one feels like it would be closer to being done, given that we're probably in negotiations as we speak, trying to, you know, going back into with figures and how we're going to pay it and over how many years we're going to pay them. So, um, yeah, transfer-wise, that's the uh, that's the situation. Um, hide out and. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see how it all unfolds this week as we get towards the uh, towards the Easter game. Um, but I'll have another drink, and uh, when we come back, I'll just tell you about our uh, our intro music uh, and the, uh, the that great piece of work. Um, and I'll I will let you listen to the full track. So uh, we'll do that after. So at some point last week, onto my Twitter timeline, uh, appeared a, I think it was a video actually, I think it was a YouTube video, um, with a new song based around the football club. Um, I, uh, I paid it a visit, had a look, uh, I thought it was quite good, and uh, today managed to get in touch with uh, Neil, who performs it, uh, and got a bit of permission off him to... Uh, to to let you hear the track on the podcast um and when i was speaking to him 
he uh, he sort of didn't give me the full story, as it were, but did tell me that uh, a lot of the money, any of the money made, goes straight to the to the to mind the mental health charity. Um, so as I said, him and his brother are from St Asaph, and uh, they're long-time Wrexham fans, and uh, yeah, so they they they've written this song, uh, and. If you uh, if you are au fait on the internet, you can go on to uh, a, a website called Bandcamp, um, where uh, this artists have their own page, etc. And uh, there is a page there from 1987 till present. 1987 till present. So I think there's a few other songs, etc. on there, but you will be able to hear someday. Um, I had by by the boys. I'm going to call them the boys now. Um, uh, with a bit of luck, we will have them on, having a chat. We'll talk Wrexham with them at some point, talk football, because um, they uh, do manage to make it to the race course by the sounds of it. Um, so yeah, given that uh, you know, given that the money goes to uh, a, to a mental health charity, I think the minimum that I think you can buy this track for minimum of a pound. So um, I I gave a fraction more than that. Uh, I've done my bit. So yeah. Have a listen to this uh, as it sort of plays us out this week um, and then go and check the boys out. So, as I said, they're at 1987 till present on Twitter uh, uh, and on Bandcamp. If you look for 1987 till present, you'll be able to go and buy the buy and instantly download it. Um, and then it is also on YouTube if you just want to go and have a, a one off listen. Uh, but it'd be great if you could support them. Um, Given the fact that it is a, you know, it's a very important uh, charity, and, and that would be a really nice thing to do, um, and especially as it's so cheap, it's not much, is it? You only have to give a quid or two. Um, so I'll play that as we go out. We'll, uh, we've obviously got Carnarvon tonight. We've got Eastley on Saturday. Uh, with a bit of luck, I'll have somebody else on with me next week. Uh, that was the plan today, but it didn't pan out like that. Um, Prediction-wise, what's going to happen? Eastley, Eastley are going to come to the race course. I think we'll win. I think we'll win 2-1. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, do we? Let's just take a 2-1 win and move on. Um, and I just hope some of those little those little flaws that we've got in our game at the moment, the especially Mr. Howard's kicking, um, is all sorted. So, um, yeah, uh, for everybody who's listened to the three podcasts I've done so far, Listen, thanks ever so much, um, and I'll be back next week to uh, to ramble on uh, in your ears once again. Thanks very much, everybody, and here's someday.
Telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home of talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Di Davis was a druid, he loved Cumbry And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield like Trinidad We've had great players And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs Seeing it all unfold right before our eyes We've done it all the wreck some way We'll remember everything on that promotion day I've been selling I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league I've been selling my nephew and my godson I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mom and dad for years Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league